Welcome to Flip the Script Podcast. All right, so today we're going to be going over the principles of Marine Corps leadership. In the last podcast, we covered the leadership traits of the Marine Corps. So today we're going to go over the principles of leadership. But first, before we do that, make sure you hit that like button, hit the subscribe button. If you're listening on audio only, make sure you give me that five-star review, write a, write a little message in there, and then that helps me move up, helps me grow the podcast. All right. So we're going to get into it. Godbook for Marines, leadership principles. All right. So, you know, as I said in the last podcast, the way that this is written is beautiful, very easy to understand. It's definitely written for Marines to understand. It's straightforward, straight to the point, written beautifully. All right. This is an introduction into the principles of leadership. This is now that you've had a look at the character traits acquired in a leader. Let's see how these are fitted into what we call the principles of leadership. 11 are set forth just for the sake of discussion. You you may want to add or delete some. That's okay. We're not concerned as much about the words and phrases as we are about their application. They're all common sense items anyway. When you get right down to it, a discussion of leadership is only common sense with a vocabulary. If you've got the common sense, let's put some of that vocabulary to work. All right. So they say straight out that leadership is common sense, right? If you have common sense, then you should have no problem with these putting these into application. Now, sometimes common sense is not so common. However, with a little bit of training, a little bit of effort, a little bit of work, we can apply common sense pretty well, right? So let's get into the first one. It says, take responsibility for your actions and the actions of your Marines. The leader alone is responsible for all that the unit does or fails to do. That sounds like a big order, but look at the authority that is given to handle that responsibility. You are expected to use that authority. Use it with judgment, tact, and initiative. Have the courage to be loyal to your unit, your Marines, and yourself, as long as you're being held responsible, be responsible for success, not failure. Be dependable. All right. So that's pretty straightforward. Jocko Willink always says this. He says that every problem in an organization is a leadership problem, right? So you, as a leader, are responsible for the success or the failure of your organization or those that you're leading, right? Take responsibility of that. Recognize that if one of your subordinates does something wrong, it's because you didn't give him the proper training or you didn't give him the tools that he needed to execute what was supposed to get done, right? You didn't set forth the right path for him, right? Or her. All right. So number two, it says, know yourself and seek self-improvement. Evaluate yourself from time to time. Do you measure up? If you don't, admit it to yourself. On the other hand, don't sell yourself short. If you think you're the best NCO in your platoon, admit that also to yourself. Then set out to be the best NCO in the company. Learn how to speak efficiently. Know how to instruct and how to be an expert with all the equipment that your unit might be expected to use. All right, so this is something that David Goggins says all the time is that you have to be honest with yourself. You have to look at yourself in the mirror and be honest with yourself, right? So this is what it's saying. It says, know yourself and know your subordinates. If you think that you are the best, then show that you're the best. Admit it to yourself and then become the best in the company, right? Company, obviously we're talking in military terms here, right? So in your organization, in your team, whatever it is, if you're the best, then prove it. Be the best, right? All right. So number three, it says, set the example. As an NCO, you're in an ideal spot to do this. Marines are already looking to you for a pattern of standards to follow. No amount of instruction and no form of discipline can have the effect of your personal example. Make it a good one. So if you're in a leadership position, you have your subordinates looking up to you, 
to show them the example of how they should conduct themselves. If you conduct yourself in an unprofessional manner, then your subordinates are going to conduct themselves in an unprofessional manner because they see that it is tolerated, right? If you were squared away, then your subordinates are going to say, all right, our leader, he walks the walk and he talks the talk. He doesn't just say it, but he does it as well, right? So that's an important, set the example as a leader. All right, number four, develop your subordinates. Tell your Marines what you want done and by when, then leave it at that. If you have junior leaders, leave the details up to them. And this way, kill two birds with one stone. You will have more time to devote to other jobs and you are training another leader. An NCO with confidence will have confidence in subordinates. Supervise and check on the results, but leave the details to the person on the spot. After all, there's more than one way to skin a cat, and it's the whole fur you're after, not the individual hairs. All right, so perfect example of not being a micromanager. Tell your subordinates what needs to be done and let them figure out how to do it, right? We have so many times leaders think that their way is the only way, is the best way, and then they get into the details and they're dictating every single little thing and they're being micromanagers, right? Jocko Willink talks about this all the time and he calls this a decentralized command, right? Basically, the leader is there to say what's supposed to get done and when it's supposed to get done. But your junior leaders and your subordinates, they have to figure out how to do it, how to execute it. Let them come up with a plan and let them do it. Don't be a micromanager. So that's Marine Corps agrees with that as well. All right. So number five, ensure that a job is understood, then supervise it and carry it out to completion. Make up your mind what to do, who is to do it where it is to be done, when it is to be done, and tell your Marines why. And when they need to be told why, continue supervising the job until the job has been done better than the person who wanted it done in the first place ever thought it could be. All right. So this is pretty important as well. Jocko also talks about this in his book, Extreme Ownership. He said that the why is very important. Letting your subordinates know why they're doing something is extremely important so that they can understand how important this is, right? Because oftentimes leaders are just, oh, do this, do this, do this, do this, with no explanation of why. Sometimes your subordinates could think that you're telling them to do things just because it's busy work or just because you want to make their lives a little bit harder. Right. So when there's no explanation of why something needs to get done, then your subordinates are not really going to buy into it and they're not going to do it to their full potential. Right. So if you let them know why they're doing something, then they could have more confidence in that job and they will want to do it to the best of their ability when they understand the why of the mission. Right. All right. So number six, know your Marines and look after their welfare. Loyal NCOs will never permit themselves to rest until the unit is bedded down. They always get the best they can for the Marines by honest means. With judgment, you'll know which of your troops is capable of doing the best job in a particular assignment. Leaders share the problems of the Marines. They don't pry when an individual wants privacy. All right, know your subordinates, right? Make sure that they have all the tools that are necessary to help accomplish the mission, right? Make sure that their basic needs are met understand their personal situations. And if they don't want to tell you, don't pry, right? All right, so let's go. Let's continue. Number seven, everyone should be kept informed. Make sure your Marines get the word. Be known as the person with a straight dope. Don't let one of your group be part of the so-called 10%. Certain information is classified. Let your Marines have only the portion that they need to know. Make certain they have it. Squelch rumors. They can create disappointment when they're good, but untrue. They can sap morale when they exaggerate enemy capability. Have the integrity and the dependability to keep your unit correctly posted on what's going on in the world, the country, the core, and your unit. Never forget 
that the more the Marines know about the mission that has been assigned, the better they will be able to accomplish it. So just like we talked in the last principle, let your subordinates know what's going on, right? Don't try to hold on to information. You don't want any to get out for whatever reason. Let the people in your organization know what's going on. Obviously classified stuff, stuff that, you know, only certain people should know. Don't let that out. But any information that you can tell, make sure you pass it on, right? Set goals you can reach. Don't send two Marines on a working party that calls for five. Your Marines may be good, but don't ask them possible. Know the limitations of your outfit and bite off what you can chew. In combat, a boy sent to do a man's job can lead to disaster. In peacetime, it leads to a feeling of futility. Conversely, those who have reasonable goal and then achieve it are a proud lot. They've done something and done it well. Next time, they'll be able to tackle a little more. Don't set your sights clear over the butts. Keep them on the target. So make sure you have reasonable goals. Obviously, this is straightforward, what they said. Don't make your goals too aggressive. Oftentimes, we believe that sometimes people just need a little push, right? And that's true. Sometimes people need a little push. So sometimes setting high goals or high standards, you can push people past their limits a little bit, right? But it doesn't work for everybody. And it's actually not the best way to go about things because oftentimes if you have two of an aggressive goal and subordinates don't feel like they can hit that goal, then they're either not going to work towards it because they don't believe that they can reach it, right? Sometimes you might have one or two that will like, oh, you know what? I'm going to work hard. I'm going to smash that goal, even though it's aggressive, right? That That's far and few between, right? So hit reasonable goals. And when they hit those goals, then they get a boost of confidence, right? And they feel good. And they say, oh, you know, I hit that goal. The next goal, I want to hit that one. And then they maybe they increase their goal themselves, right? And then maybe they go above the goal, right? So then you can keep going that forward progress of goal setting, right? All right. So make sound and timely decisions. Knowledge and judgment are required to produce a sound decision. Include some initiative and the decision will be a timely one. Use your initiative and make your decisions in time to meet the problems that are coming. If you can find you've made a bum decision, have the courage to change it before the damage is done. Don't change the word anymore then you absolutely need to. Nothing confuses an outfit more than an eternal routine of brown side out, green side out. Yeah. If you make a decision, right, and you realize that it's not the best decision, own up to it and make those changes. Don't just ride with it, right? Nothing confuses people more than flip-flopping of rules, regulations, uh, whatever, right? So you say one thing one day, hey, this is supposed to be this way. And the next day come in, no, it's wrong. It's supposed to be this way. But you just told me it was this, right? So like own up to it, right? And be like, okay, listen, at first I said that we should do it this way. But now I realize that this is not going to be the best way. This way is going to be better um, for these reasons. And that's why we're going to change this, right? So you're not going to look weak. You're not going to look like an incompetent leader. You're actually going to look strong. You're going to look like a strong leader and a more competent leader. If you could recognize the mistakes that you made and how you corrected them, right? So keep that in mind. All right. Know your job. This requires no elaborations. It does require hard work on your part. Stay abreast of changes. War moves fast nowadays. Look up the dope on the latest weapons and equipment. Read up on recent developments. Don't be the type who can only say, well, that ain't the way we did it in the old 5th Marines, right? So a classic example of not adapting, right? So maybe you went to some type of training that you did in your job, in your field. 
10 years ago, right? And you're still doing things that way. New guys come out with the latest training and then you tell them, hey, that's not the way we're supposed to do it. And these guys are like, well, actually, this, we just came out of school and this is what they taught us, right? Adapt to the new ways, learn those new ways, right? And put those into practice. Don't think that your training from 10, 15 years ago is still going to be relevant today. Things change, things evolve, things adapt. If you're not staying up on your craft, if you're not staying up on what you do and the latest improvements and changes, then you're going to fall behind and you're going to lead your team to fall behind as well, right? So you need to adapt to the changing circumstances. All right, teamwork. Number 11 is teamwork. Train your unit as a unit. Keep that unit integrity every chance you get. If a working party comes up for three, take your whole fire team. The job will be easier with the extra hand and your unit will be working as a team. Get your outfit on Liberty together now and then. They work as a team. Get them to play as one. Put your Marines in the jobs they'll do best, then rotate them from time to time. They'll learn to appreciate the other person's task as well. When one member of your team is missing, others can do that share. But don't over-permit several Marines to do another person's job when they're around. Everybody pulls their load in the Marine Corps. When you and your unit have done something, we'll talk it up. It builds a spirit to core. Every Marine knows enough French to tell you what that means. You can't see it, but you can feel it. An outfit with a lot of spirit holds itself in very high regard. There's nothing wrong with that. All Marines have the right to figure their outfit is the best in the entire Corps. After all, they're in it, right? All right, so teamwork. Scoot to train, cross-train your subordinates in other people's tasks, right? If you only have one guy that can do a certain job, if that guy's not there, nobody could do that job, who knows what that could hold up, right? So let's say this guy gets critically injured. Let's say he gets sick, right? You see that in COVID. This guy might be there, he might get sick, boom, now he's out for who knows how long. And then he's the only one that could do a certain job. So now what? Right. So that's why you'd have to have cross-trained people, show them the ropes, show them what to do. So that in case they have to step in, then you have somebody that's competent in that who can do it. Right. If you just throw somebody in there that's never done it before, they're going to be kind of lost. Right. So you need to cross-train, train people on other people's jobs. Don't do it too much where you're taking this guy's job away or this guy's actually not doing anything now. You know, they say everybody pulls their own load. So make sure that everybody's doing their job, but make sure they know how to do other people's jobs too in case they need to fill in for whatever reason, right? Because just one guy knowing how to do a certain job, if he's not there, that job's not getting done and who knows what kind of effects that can have, right? So those are the 11 Marine Corps principles of leadership, right? So they are extremely important in the Marine Corps, in the military as a whole. This is a basic principle right? But they're extremely good, right? And if you apply those to your leadership toolbox, then you can become an excellent leader and you could lead your organization, your team, your squad, whatever it is to the highest level of performance that they can achieve, right? All right. So that's it for today. Let's flip the script podcast. Next podcast, we're going to get into some more stories. I haven't uploaded it in a while. Um, I was trying to figure things out with my camera angles. I wasn't liking it. I had to order some new parts, some new things. So I got a new look today. Uh, if you're watching on video, if you're watching audio, you can't see it. But if you check it out on YouTube, Rumble, uh, you'll see it. And uh, all right, so this is Flip the Script podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. And see you next time. Flip the Script out.